Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is supported in part by the Bertha Foundation. This podcast is supported in part by the Bertha Foundation. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, in case you're you're streaming us, you'll you'll know that Lewis's face can't be seen because one, he is a dentist, and two, he's got a terrible laptop. If you want Lewis to be able to be seen on streams in the future, please become our Patreon supporter, just like Brett Murphy has, Alex Velenyovsky, Vicky Haspels, journalist Marty Smiley. Lewis this month, this week has become a supporter of us on Patreon. Actually, I, was, I spent the weekend with Marty, and he told me that, and I was like, that is. So kind. But I think he also owes me because Marty Smiley once had sex in my bed while I was away. And so he does he does owe me so much more money than he can ever give us on Patreon. Well, he's owing you $3 a month right now, which says a lot about Marty Smiley. Poor bloke. Doesn't pay uh, you back. Yeah. yeah. And also, Lewis, we've got a super fan who's giving us an embarrassing amount a month. David O'Connor, he's a school friend of mine and probably, you know, those people who are like the most uh, likely to succeed oh, when yeah. you're in high school? He, he is that guy and he <laughs> has gone beyond all expectations and succeeded. So he's giving us a few hundred dollars a month, which is incredible. Another way to support Irrational Fear is to offset the carbon emissions from your car with the Go Neutral sticker. For every $90, Go Neutral will buy 3.5 tonnes of carbon offsets, which is about the average yearly emissions from a car, and five bucks of that comes to us. I'm recording my end of Irrational Fear on Gadigal land in the Eora Nation. Sovereignty was never ceded. We need a treaty. Let's start the show. A rational fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra, Fair Dickum, and Section 44. A rational fear recommends listening by immature audiences. Tonight at the 26-minute-long News Corp AGM, Rupert Murdoch said he's not a climate denier, he's just number one with climate deniers. And thanks to COVID-19, Adelaide enters six days of staying at home and doing nothing, also known as Adelaide. And Australia <laughs> is set to open all state and territory borders by Christmas except WA. That ruined our holiday plans to Perth, exclaimed no one. It's the 20th of November 2020 and many smart people are saying that we are going to beat Sizzletown at the Australian Podcast Awards for Best Comedy. This is Irrational Fear. Irrational Fear! 
and welcome to Irrational Fear, the show that holds your hand through the spookiest stories of the week. I'm your host, former chairman of Crown Casino, Dan Illich. Joining me on the podcast this week are the mongers of fear. And let me tell you, first up, he's the only guy left at Triple J who hasn't managed to go behind his boss's back to secure a deal at a commercial radio station. It's Lewis Hopper. I'm begging for it, Dan. One day I'll get that new computer. <laughs> and she's a writer, performer, actor, musician, and raconteur. It's the all-star of All Saints, Virginia Gay. Howdy, Dan. How are you? <laughs> we're, we're great. <laughs> and our next guest, well, let's put it this way. It's been a quiet week. Nothing career-defining or genre-defying or nothing really in the realm of international acclaim has taken up his time and attention and, as a result, has had plenty of time to read the news and be a guest on every single comedy podcast in Australia. He's one third of the up until this week the little known Australian sketch comedy group Auntie Donna it's Zach Ryan Hello, hello, thank you so much. I haven't had much time to read the news, but I think in the great tradition of white men through history, I'm just going to have opinions without being informed. I'm just going to go for them. You'll hear them, I'll have them. In the great tradition of white women, um, (laughs) you're hilarious. Uh, Coming up on the podcast, we're going to be talking to two South Aussies. One, the pizza guy, come security guard, who is patient zero in the state's latest outbreak. And we're going to be talking about how the South Australian government is trying to implement a tax on electric cars, which could see terrible policy make its way throughout the country, just like other bad South Australianisms like dance, chants and romance. But first, here is this week's sponsor. This week on SAS Australia... Nick Cummins is issued with his toughest challenge yet. They call you the honey badger, right? Uh, there's a pipe shit in the woods. Do you want to win SAS Australia? Oh, mate, I want to uh, win like a dingo wants a baby. To win SAS Australia, all you have to do is indiscriminately destroy 39 innocent people. Oh, metaphorically, you mean, because any time I go to the pub on ladies' night, I'm like a bull in a china shop. I just absolutely destroy. Murder them just like the real Australian SAS. Oh, hilly-dilly, hold your horses. That's good practice. Hold your horses, then slit their throats. Go, 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 go! Feel every throat-slitting adventure and indiscriminate murder on this week's episode of SAS Australia. Yet won't be seen on Seven because the AFB would raid us and put us in jail. Chappelle, I'm going to need to borrow one of your bags. Just can't wait to see that one. Uh, right, let's get stuck in the fears. This week's first fear. We all know Pete Evans has been cancelled, once popular conspiracy theory chef. The same guy who activated Armands has been dropped by his publisher and book chains for activating right-wing conspiracy theorists with a Nazi Black Sun cartoon on Facebook. Now, to be fair, he's also a COVID conspiracy theorist, which has killed almost 1.5 million people in six months. And he's even been dropped by Channel 10. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here because the producers couldn't find conditions that were more extreme than having to spend eight weeks isolated with Pete Evans. His products have also been dropped from Coles and Woolworth. So fear mongers, it is safe to say uh, you can't get cancelled in Australia unless you're a white guy who wants to promote the Nazis. What, what did you say, Zach? <laughs> is this, has it, why has it taken this long to, to cancel Pete Evans? Oh, my goodness gracious me. I think there's an element with him where he's just such a big old goof. He's been a goof for so long. <laughs> We're just kind of, you start to go, oh, Pete. <laughs> yeah, if, you he know, led, he, 
<laughs> if he led with Nazism, he would have been like, would have been like, oh my god, this guy's a Nazi. Because he led with sort of cheeky things like, I'm going to stare at the sun and tell people it's healthy. You're like, oh, by the time he gets a Nazism, you're like, well, he edged us in. You know, it's like, <laughs> it, it's not like, um, it's not like, it's not like throwing a, uh, it's like a stepping into a hot bath. It's like putting a frog into a pot and slowly turning up the heat. Mm, yeah, which would be delicious. Uh, in one of his recipes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Lewis, I remember talking with you about this in 2012, very in the very mm. first time the whole you know Twitter had a bit of a meltdown about Pete Evans, which was when he was activating almonds on his day mm. on a plate column. Why do you think, do you, do you, could you imagine like back in 2012 when we were talking about this, we'd still be talking about it in the year 2020? Uh, I mean, I guess I'm kind of surprised that, uh, that Pete Evans has lasted as long as he has. He is, I mean, there are, he's such, he's pretty bad talent. Like, have you ever watched him on television? He's not very good. Like he's not Mm. a very good presenter and he's such a bad chef that he actually got beaten by a contestant on his own show. (laughs) So he's neither a good chef nor a good presenter nor a non-Nazi. I guess that's a that's a zero from three for me. But isn't it also true that like if you're astonished that you're still talking about Pete Evans and you were first talking about him in 2012, does that make him our Trump? Because yeah. aren't we still astonished that we're talking about Trump? Yeah. Like he was just a punchline in 2015, right? Who's a punchline in fucking Home Alone 2, you know? Uh, Kid you, in the City or whatever it's are, called. Are you implying that Pete Evans is going to become Prime Minister of Australia sometime soon? Oh, my God. I'll give it oh 10 years. Oh Jesus Christ. He is, very ha- he is very handsome. He's got those sparkly eyes. He does like to surf. Nice smile oh. lines. Have you seen, has everybody seen that um, the video of, yeah. of him saying, you know what? I didn't even, I had to look up the phrase neo-Nazi. I would say, mate, does what it says on the tin. But I also am obsessed with the fact that he's standing next to that horse and that horse is like, stop it, mate. Stop it, mate. mate." I said, shut up, mate. That horse is his press agent and even that horse can't keep him in line. Here it is here. No, no. Well, just when you thought 2020 couldn't get any more bizarre, the mainstream media have come out and labelled me a racist and a neo-Nazi. The fact that I had to actually Google what neo-Nazi meant is pretty telling. So I would just want to tell you this once and one time only. It is completely untrue, unfactual and a load of garbage. Yeah, I could actually say a few more, <laughs> more words about it, but I won't. Anybody that knows me knows I stand for long-term sustainable health for all humanity. I don't think there's anything else I need to say except uh, peace. Love to you all. Oh, my God. You're right, Virginia. That horse was really trying to shut him the hell up. That horse is a Channel 7 publicist going, we had one chance, one chance. Get the horse up and tell to get me out of here. Correct. They'll pretty much take anyone on, on I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, won't they? It's sort of like they'll, they'll take some great celebrities. I've had friends on that show, but they'll also just go, are you at your lowest point? <laughs> yes. Come on board. <laughs> Come on. Get on the show. Do, Do you love well, them? Delicious pile of cockroaches. What is the price that you would need on the table to do that show, Zach? Oh, Me? What price? Yeah. 
Oh, I mean, keep in mind he's not... just had a worldwide Netflix deal. So... Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. All right, Lewis, Lewis, what's your price? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll do it for um, a free MacBook Pro. <laughs> I'll do it for a webcam. <laughs> I, I, there's something really when you're a working when you're working Australian artist that whole show the whole idea of I'm a celebrity get me out of here is it's about bringing people down it's like yeah. hey these big coastal elites are gonna eat some cockroaches and we're gonna have our little laugh at them but when it's just working Australian artists, it's just like, oh, look at what, look at what desperation and a bad, indi- like a badly funded industry will do to people. It's very sad and hard to watch. It's, but it's not even like that. I, I, Anita Jacoby used to be the boss of um, the show, that, the boss of the company that makes that show. And she asked me when it was first going, she's like, would you go on that show? And I was like, actually, Yeah. <laughs> I would because it would be like it'd be like eight weeks of solid pay and solid work, and of course you'd go on the show. And if anything, like I mean, Joel Creasy was in the first uh, first season, and it kind of helped him with his career. Totally blew up his career. Now he's become a household name. Yeah. Well, you you do. I think the way that the uh, people who cast it, this is like actual words from casting people uh, say that they try to get. Um, good people on the way up and bad people on the way down. <laughs> so it's like, it, <laughs> Holy oh, that's shit. amazing. So when I was asked five years I, ago, I might have been a good person going up, but now I'm definitely a bad person going down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were Joel Creasy, now you're Chappelle Corby. <laughs> is there is there anything in this Pete Evans story when 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 I hear that like Twitter blew up in 2012 about the activated almonds? Is there anything in this story about maybe we need to stop blowing up about activated almonds? <laughs> well, well, you know, people who are pure about their food are also pure about their bloodlines. So, you know, we've got to be very careful about who is pure about what things. We've got to be very careful about that. You're listening to a rational fear. I could very easily disappear. You know, some people would like me to disappear, no doubt. And uh, I'll just make this one statement. If I disappear or I have a freaking weird accident, it wasn't an accident, okay? This week's second fear, archaeologists in Egypt have unearthed more than 100 delicately painted wooden coffins, some with mummies inside and 40 funeral statues in the ancient burial ground of Saqqara. Virginia, is everything okay with this story? Uh, are, you, are you fine with oh. this? I am so thrilled about this story because what's so great about it is it's just so great to take a break from the inescapable dread of COVID and the inescapable dread of like Trump maybe barricading himself in the White House and just really focus on the inescapable dread of awakening an ancient curse, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And I just think in times like these, a change is as good as a holiday. I, for one, welcome our new mummy overlords. I cannot wait to have the scarab beetles up under my skin, I will be excited to clasp the jewel that then turns my hand to dust. What a thrill. The sealed wooden coffins, some containing mummies, date far back as 2,500 years, are in perfect condition of preservation uh, and are fine quality coffins meant as they were probably the final resting place of the wealthiest citizens, officials said. Well, clearly the final resting place is not going to be uh, there. It's going to be the British Museum or somewhere else like that. <laughs> yeah. If it's the wealthy citizens, does that mean it's sort of the, the, their equivalent of, of Pete Evans? Yeah. Buried in those mummies. Or Jeff Bezos. Like, it's one of those things. Yeah. yeah. 
I think it's just uh, gold covered almonds. I think you're right, Virginia. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, mm. it is time to kind of disrupt the horror show we're living in in 2020. And it is good to have some. I mean, I've watched the documentary. <laughs> and it's good to have an actual literal horror show yeah, to go to. Yeah, it's exa- so brilliant. Exactly. Why, why deal in figuratively terms? I, yeah. I watched a documentary the other day called The Mummy Returns and it was, um, <laughs> it was very insightful. I'm looking forward to it. I'm also really, I'm really curious how quickly, <laughs> how quickly corporations are going to get on board with the mummy curse like they were on they were on no contact delivery within like a week so like, you know, get, a, get a pizza for you and a garlic bread for the ancient mummy in your basement like well, I, I actually i saw that um there's a new netflix documentary all about this the opening of this tomb and uh have you guys seen this oh yes yeah, uh, I, I wondered if it was the, the biggest thing to be on Netflix this week, Zach. Well, no, no. no. Actually, I think you will find it's The Crown Season 4. So. <laughs> I hear The Queen's Gambit is also very good. Yeah, absolutely. They, yeah, um, they actually else, emailed us when we, when we were, like, setting up. Like, we had an announced date and a release date and then they emailed us a few like maybe a month ago, two months ago, and they're like, oh, we're going to move the date forward. And I was like, why, why, why? And they're like, oh, look, it's a complicated thing. It's about other shows. And then I just Googled it. I'm like, oh, The Crown Season 4. <laughs> we just want to get like some time before everyone's like, Diana. I've got a question about your show, Zach. In the, yeah. I, I don't think it's too weird to talk about how you have this episode called The Queen. Did you guys build that episode because you knew The Crown was coming back? No, like, no, it's, it's so funny because it comes off as, uh, like, I remember, do you remember Let Loose Live and they used to talk about, like, the, the dancing show? And, Zach, the, and, like, only, the, only people, the only people that remember Let Loose Live are, <laughs> are comedians who are, who, are, who are jealous of anyone who gets a TV show and fucks it. <laughs> do you know what's strange is this is the second time I've brought up Let Loose Live on my promo tour for my show. I feel like... <laughs> Get slightly less, slightly less niche references. Let Loose Live was a show that debuted in 2005. It was hosted by Dave O'Neill. Uh, it lasted two episodes. It had great people in it like Kate McLennan and Sammy J and a whole bunch of really old comedians who totally fucked it up. They wanted to create like an SNL uh, for Channel 7 and they had, they had these great young talent who were doing good work and then they had these old talent who were just ruining television in front of everybody's eyes and, and ruining everybody else's chances for making something good in the future. Thankfully, you know, the, the Ronnie John's half hour came out not long after that and we fixed it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> saved it all. That saved it all. No, I, well, I, so it seems like synergy, but if you can, if you go back, if you watch our live shows and listen to our podcast, both Broden and I are obsessed with The Crown. Like I, I've been obsessed with uh, not just The Crown. I love The Queen is one of my favourite movies and The Audience is one of my favourite plays. So Peter Morgan, he, he's just done a lot of stuff about The Queen and I'm obsessed with it. And um, in a very serious, like, way, but for some reason, just if something's in your mind long enough, it becomes the comedy. It just sneaks into the comedy, <laughs> even if you don't find it funny. Um so I think we just made a lot of Crown references and then quite by coincidence it came out a week at the same week. And while we're just still talking about your show, which is why you're here to talk about your show sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I, can I just say one other thing I absolutely love about the Auntie Donna show on Netflix is how you've relentlessly put in Australian references and haven't 
bothered to Americanize them at all. And all I could think of was these, this audience is going to be so curious about what four and 20 pies are or, or what, what, what these other references are. I'm like, fucking thank God they did that because it's such in tone of the, of the, of, of the artists. It, yeah, thank you for mentioning that. I think I keep thinking about it. It's like the main, I think the main thing was it. maybe it was subconscious, but we were just like, Netflix are going to make us go international. They're going to go change the brands. So we're like, let's go as hard as humanly possible on the Australian references. Let's just like go really, really hard so they miss a few and that we'll get our big long thing of lists. And, uh, and, and fortunately, the, they just didn't realise Car City Ringwood was a real place. So, so not only Australian references, like regional, like these are like Victorian references. Yeah. And, um, and then... And it turns out when you've got like an $8 billion budget and you're, and you're making like the crown for $100 million, the little weird sketch show in the corner, they just don't give you notes. So then we just ended up with this show going out to like Saudi Arabia with a 4 and 20 reference. Fantastic. <laughs> Speaking of regional Australia, South Australia is back in lockdown, which has caused an epic panic. Once again, toilet paper is off the shelves. But more to the point, uh, bottle shops were hit hard this week. Uh, the Port Piri bottle shop owner uh, said, told the ABC News that yesterday, that is Wednesday when we're recording, uh, they usually make $3,000 on a Wednesday, but so far they've taken $35,000. Yeah. And, and it's not if it's 16. Go Adelaide, yes. <laughs> I called them today just to see if um, they wanted to wrap for a chat and it turns out they were actually dead today because the reason, <laughs> the reason why they were so busy yesterday is because the government hadn't clarified at that point which if bottle shops are allowed to stay open, but once the government was like, yeah, bottle shops can stay open, nothing. No one, no one's lining back up at bottle shops again. Thankfully, the South Australian police have issued some reasons to leave home. The uh, finally, I think you know we've all learnt that uh, government clear government. Uh, rules is really important in times of stress like this. I don't know if you've seen this. Let me see if I can show you. Here are the reasons to leave home over here. I don't know if you can read this, but it's on the list of uh, reasons to leave home, which include visiting a petrol station, pharmacy and post office shop. There's also one called home, commonly known as bottle shop. This is on the official <laughs> This is on the official uh, 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 South Australian police information. <laughs> I love that. So why is South Australia back in lockdown again? Well, a cluster of 17 new cases has been tied to a frontline worker after a quarantine hotel security guard took COVID-19 to his second job at a pizza shop. Now, fearmongers, it, it seems to me that we should be probably paying our frontline workers a little bit more so that they don't have to have a second job at this time. Uh, is that too much whoa, to whoa, ask? Whoa, slow down. What? You're crazy. What? What? <laughs> Like actual pay that allows them to live when they are literally protecting us. Yeah, something something more than minimum know, something more than minimum wage, perhaps. What? Something that doesn't force them to compromise their security and the security of uh, the rest of the state. What? Uh, You're crazy. Slash nation. It, nation. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's 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 one of those things, isn't it? Like there's been so many things that are like new. There are so many things that are that I never thought I'd see or hear that have happened this year. I think my dad, my 63-year-old dad, talking about the casualisation of the workforce as a key issue is probably up there for me. I'm like, this is the man that turns every brand into a plural and he's like, I reckon they, they need to work on this casualisation thing. I'm like, yeah, dad, 
that. I said this to you when I was at uni and you told me to shut up. <laughs> you got to unionize the gig economy, Zach. It's that simple. Exactly. <laughs> Uberize it, mate. What can you tell me a, a little more about turning every brand into a plural? Yeah, like, what does your dad do? Something the all boomers do that you know they don't go to Maya, they go to Myers. <laughs> they don't go to Safeway, they go to Safeways. Uh, like every, if, 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 there's a moment that happens in your life. I've got friends now, you know. I'm only thirty, but I've got friends that they like. Hey, we go to Safeways. And I'm like, you're done. You're done. <laughs> you have nothing to contribute to the world anymore. But Zach, when when your friends start talking brands in plurals, you know they're probably got a bunch of uh, investment properties, so you can hit them up for a loan. <sighs> Yeah, exactly. Because uh, I reckon it's it's I, like looking at the way the world is going. It's only up for, for investment <laughs> properties. <laughs> I, the, the, the Adelaide lockdown has been interesting to see, just in terms of the the coverage, because it's so different to the Melbourne lockdowns. And obviously, it's still uh, it's still very new. Uh, but it's it reminds me of I'm the youngest sibling in my family, mm. and my uh, the eldest sibling in my family, my sister is always talking about how she had to do the hardship. She's like, mum and dad used to, they had tough rules for me. I couldn't go out. It, like, And then you come along, the third person to go through the things, and no one cares. You can do whatever you want. Like the, the coverage of Adelaide has just been like, oh, they're going into lockdown? No, it seems like the right thing to do. <laughs> You're like, oh, what? <laughs> Two months ago, it was dictator Dan yeah. is like abusing his people. You're like, this is, it's the same thing. You've just seen it before. <laughs> and you've really seen how incredibly successful it is. Double mm. Donuts days, everybody. Well done, Melbourne. Triple Donuts coming soon. Mezcal Musings on YouTube wrote, Melbourne is one big investment property. Ain't that the truth? Well, <laughs> uh, I spoke to the security guard slash pizza shop worker in question a little earlier on today. Well, we've got patient zero in Adelaide on the line. John from COVID Brothers Pizza. Thanks for joining us, John. Of course, not your real name. No, it's Jonathan. My full name is reserved for my premium name. Ah, so, Jonathan, working security in a COVID hotel and making pizza, that is a hell of a juggling act right there. Well, pre-COVID, I was an artist. Oh, did you ever consider retraining? Yeah, but beyond coronavirus, there's not many growth sectors in SA besides stage care. And frankly, that wasn't an option because history shows that comedians really can't be trusted around vulnerable, sleepy people with foggy memories. So how did pizza enter the picture? Well, my last workplace held staff meetings after hours and paid us in pizza. So I phoned the union hotline. They said it was a huge problem across SA. So I got organised. You joined the union? No, I started making pizza. Oh, and how did the union take it? Six party sized to wines with garlic bread. Uh, their staff meetings are pretty big. Right, and is this why you started working security at a COVID hotel? Yeah, I mean, staff meetings on Zoom have really smashed my bottom line, and you can't turn down work in a, in a pandemic. Plus, I make pizzas, and quarantine food is terrible. I sell my sneaky pizzas to people in quarantine. It's vertical integration. I think that's actually horizontal integration. <laughs> when I deliver pizzas, you know, I don't mind a bit of horizontal integration, if you know what I mean. Aren't people worried about getting COVID on their pizza? Oh, come on, man. That's not the weirdest thing I've just put on their pizzas. Yeah, egg. I mean, if anything, I run the perfect business. I deliver pizzas to businesses underpaying their staff who simultaneously and without irony complain that I don't earn enough in my COVID job that I have to moonlight making pizzas. Like, it's the circle of life or, or death, depending on how you look at it. Actually, Circle of Life, that's a great name for a pizza business. Yeah, I have to rebrand this one. I don't think you can include the word life in a pizza business linked to a COVID outbreak. 
Thank you. That was great. Adelaide comedian John Brooks there. Staying in South Australia now, uh, they've forced us to drink Coopers for years. Now South Australia is about to export its worst thing since Corey Bernardi. It's a new tax on electric cars. Yeah, the SA Treasurer, Rob Lucas, reckons it's a done deal. And to him, it makes sense to put a tax on cars that don't pollute. What do you expect from a state that calls itself South Australia that's actually further north than three other states to talk to us through the dumbest tax ever? It's Noah Schultz, buyer, director of the Australian Institute for South Australia. Noah, thanks for joining us on Irrational Fear. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. Now, who is trying to implement this tax and why? The state government in the budget that was just handed down last week uh, announced in there, hidden away, just a couple of sentences uh, saying that they're thinking about looking at maybe next year, probably, but we don't know what it's going to look like yet, implementing a special tax just for electric vehicles. Um, We at the Australia Institute, we're harking back to the language of Tony Abbott and effectively calling it a a great big new tax on not polluting. It's like (laughs) you've got this great new technology that's coming along in Australia. We're not very good at buying them yet. We should get a lot better at buying them. If there was proper policies in place, a lot more of us would own them. We need more of them. So what does the government think we should do? We should slap a tax on it. It's uh, it's the opposite of what's needed. As um, Bayer Jafari at the Electric Vehicle Council says, you know, we have tobacco excise on cigarettes to try and, you know, help people, encourage them not to smoke. This is like someone giving up cigarettes and then you slap them with a tax because they're not paying the tobacco excise anymore. It's craziness. We think it shouldn't go ahead. We're hoping it won't go ahead. We'll see what happens. Yeah, but how does it, how does it even get this far? Like how does a tax that's so dumb get this far, get, like get to the treasurer's desk and get to the point where the treasurer's like, yeah, I think we're going to do this dumb thing? It, it's a bit of a mystery. It's really counterintuitive, but a couple of the states have been talking about going down this road over the years. It's really counterintuitive, I say, because South Australia, along with other states, have recently been announcing some pretty good electric vehicle policies. So just two weeks ago, I think it was, the state government announced that they were going to roll out hundreds of rapid charges across the state so we can have a network of uh, electric vehicle fast chargers. They were also going to convert the entire government fleet to electric cars over the next 10 years. So, you know, yee-haw, doing this good stuff on one hand, and then here comes budget time and pow, sneaky surprise electric vehicle tax uh, comes out of nowhere. So, but how, but how does this tax get it, get to the treasurer's desk? Like, how does it even, you know, how, where did the idea come from? So a few different, um, it, it's generally discussed in policy circles. There's one organisation called Infrastructure Partnerships Australia that has been pushing the idea for a while. And in, in a lot of policy and tax conversations, this sort of thing comes up. Uh, it's, Uh, There is actually an argument to be made for a road user charge, which is what what they're calling this. But, I mean, this is getting probably a little bit 
uh, geeky, but do it. There's a whole bunch of things that go towards raising revenue. So that's car rego, luxury car tax. There's the fuel excise that's paid for petrol, compulsory insurance. A whole bunch of things gets you know that we pay to uh, have cars and use the road. You could get rid of all of those things and charge people for using the road. How much they use it each year, what time of day they use it. If they use it when it's really busy, charge them more. If you go into like a super busy city where it's really expensive to build the infrastructure to make that work um, and there's a lot of competition to use the infrastructure, charge them more for that and charge everybody, you know, petrol cars and electric cars across the same way. If that's one way that you want to get rid of all these old taxes and, and charge something newer and fairer, sure, well, that's a conversation we can have. But just coming along and saying, we're going to have an extra special new tax that will just pop on electric vehicles. You know, in, in Australia, 0.2% of cars are electric vehicles. And I feel like <laughs> popping a tax on that is like putting a tax on trying to save an endangered species. You know, like we want yeah. more of these things. It's like going out and finding a baby club seal and you save it and then you've got to pay five bucks to the government. For it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, me crazy. Yeah, which is why I burn a koala a week. Just, you know, <laughs> just saying, keep them so under control. control. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird that this is happening in all places of South Australia a place that is essentially uh, owes its electricity grid to Tesla. Like it <laughs> just has a giant Tesla battery. There is a man who is the biggest, like one of the biggest manufacturers of electric cars, essentially in control of their power grid. And they're going, oh, let's piss off Elon. You want to go back to blackouts? He'll put you back in blackout town, Adelaide. <sighs> Admittedly, also, it is the state that it took a crazy man on Twitter to convince them to try that. So <laughs> that's the other way to look at it. Stop <laughs> back your battery, and they're like, all right. <laughs> what can go wrong? We don't get many visitors, Zach. We were just glad he was willing to come here. You know, He's very cool. A visitor to South Australia, we'll take him. What's Mike Cannon Brooks doing? Can, can we just get him to do another tweet? That seems to be that'll work. Just sort it out like that. It's tough yeah. at the top. You know, you tweet and it just solves the world's problems. I, we'll be there in the next couple of years, I reckon, or each one of us. Should I be worried about this, Noah? Should I be worried? Should I go down to my mechanic and ask them how to convert my Tesla Series 3 into a petrol car? <laughs> um, we hope not. So in South Australia, the Labor opposition, the Greens opposition, and some of the crossbenchers have already said whoa, 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 this is a crazy idea and we don't support it. So this idea looks effectively dead on arrival. It, it can't pass the parliament with that amount of opposition. So things look good in South Australia. The big risk is if other states also start seeing this and thinking, you know, hello, hello, could get a bit of revenue out of this and start trying to implement something themselves. We hope, you know, there's a bit of very strong, reasonable negative reaction to this idea in SA. Hopefully that'll discourage other jurisdictions from going down the same path. Noah, is it really a revenue question? Because as you say, the revenue is so minuscule or is it something else? <laughs> so in the, in the budget papers, there's normally a lot of detail for how these policies are going to work and how much they'll make and how much it costs to implement them. There was none of that. There was just a couple of sentences saying, yeah, we might have a crack at this. We don't know exactly what it's going to look like or how it's going to work. But there was a line in the papers that said... Do go on. <laughs> there was this secret little line in the 
sealed section of the budget. You know, you open the plastic to get to the triple X rated secret <laughs> information at the back. Oh, yeah. None of this. We're across sealed sections here. You've got to work the fantasy for This is my nerd, you know, going deep into the data fantasy. So the secret uh, shame in the budget document said, you know, there are so few electric vehicles on the road as it is. And over the next four years, there's probably not going to be many more anyway. So it's going to raise stuff all money, even as it is less than a million dollars a year. So there's a tacit recognition in there that uh, there's not going to be an increased uptake in electric vehicles. It's not going to raise much money. It's going to suppress the uptake of electric vehicles. So, you know, why are we even doing it? I, uh, it's hard to know. <laughs> because Lex Luthor has gotten some sort of information about electric vehicles. Like this is full supervillain stuff, but in a deeply data sealed section kind of way. <laughs> deeply nerdy way. Yeah. yeah, I like the idea of a data sealed section. It makes me feel like the Dully Doctor is writing policy. <laughs> <laughs> Have you taken the quiz? It turns out, yeah, you know, you're a nerd. If you're, if you're, if you're into budget paper three, you're, you're a nerd on the nerd quiz. No, uh, uh, Rob Lucas, the, the SA treasurer said that another state is looking at it. Do you know what state is looking at it? New South Wales have said um, in the last week that they're potentially looking at it. And a bit over a year ago, I think it was, the Victorian government said that they would be, you know, willing to take a look at it. So, like I said, it's definitely an idea that's knocking around. People people, uh, want to look at it. There's just there's so much better ways you could potentially go around about it rather than just slapping a, a blunt instrument of this tax just on electric vehicles. So we hope at least in this uh, the form that it's been semi-announced in South Australia isn't what people decide to do. Well, Noah, thank you so much for uh, being part of a rational fear tonight. And I notice you're ready for lockdown in the back of your screen. It's very clear. Look at all those board games ready to go. <laughs> You've got like 15,000 board games. We're, 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 we're one day into lockdown. I've played almost all of them. The liquor cabinet is dry. <laughs> I'm burning everything for warmth just to keep me going. Excellent. Well, that's it for a rational fear tonight. Big thank you to all our, all of our guests, Noah Schultz Byard, Zachary Ruane, Virginia Gay, Lewis Hobber. Have you got anything to plug? Zach, is there anything you want to kind of get out there into the world to let people know about? I haven't seen any of The Crown Season 4 yet. <laughs> I'm very excited to see what he does with Thatcher. Um, also, Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun. I really should. I've been a bit cheeky, you know. I've just been promoting The Crown the last few days. <laughs> I've got to stop. <laughs> they don't need my help. Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun on Netflix. Think... If you're a boomer and you're listening, it's like the goodies. If you're young, it's like South Park. I don't care. It's like everything you love, but weird. (laughs) Is it like Studio 10 at all? I love Studio 10. (laughs) Yeah, it's a bit like Studio 10. (laughs) Um, Virginia, do you have anything to plug? I've got theatre shows that are coming out next year, if theatre exists next year, so wear your mask and make sure I can do them. Thank you very much. Lewis, you got anything to plug? Uh, no, not really. Same old. Uh, I'm on the radio. Come and say hello. Noah Schultz, Spired, you got anything to plug? Uh, the Australia Institute, tai.org.au. It's where we do all of our awesome research that will hopefully squash things like the uh, electric vehicle tax. Go there, read the research, donate if you want to. It's a cracking website full of really nerdy stuff. Great. Hot. Big thank you to Road Mics, the Bertha Foundation, Go Neutral, our Patreon supporters, Jacob Brown on the Teppanyaki Timeline. Big contributions this week from John Brooks, Rupert Dagas, Killian David, Maddie Palmer, Dave Bluestein, and some other great folks who hang out in our Discord. 
Discord. Now, before we leave you tonight, we've actually heard there's some trouble in America. We haven't heard from Donald Trump in a few days. He's been very quiet. Uh, but I do have a leaked tape which might tell us why. Uh, White House, good morning. Hey, White House, it's me, President Trump, still president. Just calling to say that I'm not coming in today, okay? Uh, Mr. President, uh, certainly, sir. Uh, are you feeling okay? I'm feeling great. I'm just feeling a little bit under the weather, but I'm not coming in. I'm having a mental health day. Need some me time. Uh, that's fine, sir. Uh, hope you get better soon. We'll see you tomorrow? No, not going to come in tomorrow either. I don't have to. You can't make me. I'm the president. I need more me time tomorrow, too. Okay? Yes, sir. Uh, pardon my asking, sir, but uh, this hasn't got anything to do with, uh, you know, the uh, the other day. What? What the other day? What are you talking about? I played golf. Big deal. Great game. Tremendous game. I had the highest round ever. Well, uh, It was huge. Yes, sir. That and the, um, the, uh, the election. Oh, yeah. And that, well, I won the election. I won it. I then won some golf. No big deal. So much winning. I'm sick of winning. Sick of winning. I need a day off. All right? And I need another day off. Tomorrow, off. I need some me time. All right? All right, sir. So you uh, didn't see the Joe Biden speech on TV? Sleepy Joe. Sleepy Joe's speech on TV. I caught some of it horrible, horrible. Worst concession speech ever, believe me. Uh, sir? He didn't even mention that he lost. Can you believe that? What a loser. A l sore loser. Nasty loser. He's nasty. Nasty. So you won't accept defeat, sir? Sure I accept his defeat. Of course I do. But, sir, y you didn't win. Oh, yes, I did. I alternatively won. By a lot, believe me. He fake one. Uh, sir, people are saying you need to face reality, sir. Now, you listen here. My reality is great. It's the best reality there is, believe me. Everyone else's reality is wrong. That's everybody else's is wrong, all right? All right, uh, okay, sir. So, uh, you're calling in sick for today and uh, tomorrow? And the day after that, too, yes. What, three days? Three days. No, actually, make it three months. A bit under the weather. A bit of me time, all right? More me time than Lincoln. Okay, I gotta go back to bed now. Oh, it's so early. Oh, 11 a.m. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, sir. What an asshole. 